I'm coming live from the Music Garage Chicago. So they're listening to Six Wings Fried Hard. What is this podcast about? This podcast is about two rude boys from Chicago that are still exploring their friendship through music and current events. I'm expecting to get sick for a day. Sure, yeah, plan to have like a little day off or whatever afterwards. Yeah. Or depending on your job, show up for work that day and be a mess, you know? Oh, I'm not really working. I also <laughs> use white privilege to sneak in for it, so. How do you use white privilege? I know a lot of white people. But how'd you play that card on this instance? You think I've never benefited from white privilege? Come on that dude. I don't know, maybe you give me some lessons on how to work it. I mean, in a way, it always can happen. It's like, in fairness, it's not necessarily white privilege that what made it happen, but the nicest wedding I was ever in was yours. <laughs> and like like I said, it wasn't built off white privilege, but that was a white privilege-looking-ass wedding. <laughs> you know? Fair enough. I mean, you, you know what I mean. It's like, so even in that mm-hmm. standpoint, it wasn't direct white privilege, but I got to, dude, part of the reason that's on my brain. I spent a lot of money on that wedding. It, look, Vanessa sent me a picture the other day of me in a rented tux in the grass. Yeah. I was in the grass with my face covered. And I was like, where am I? She's like, Kyle's wedding. And I was like, why am I in the grass? She's like, you don't remember that? Dude. I was falling out chairs and shit at your wedding. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember you falling out of chairs, no. Dude, I believe it's a you. I just... me, it's a picture of me with my face covered laughing in the grass. And I think back on that now and it's like, that's really fucking ghetto, man. <laughs> Listen, I got the deposits back. That's all that counts. It didn't seem like I did anything wrong at the time, so I guess whatever. But man, sure. but I do remember being really, really fucked up. <laughs> we had the open bar, dog. You should have been. Got to get your money's worth. Yeah, I had a his and I had a hers. Oh and yeah. And then I just started ordering shit after that. Dude, Reggie had the funniest thing to say about the drinks because, you, like you said, we had a cocktail. My wife picked out and one I picked out. And hers was uh-huh. like some frou-frou whatever. Mine, of course, had Wild Turkey 101. And Reggie says something about like, oh, they had to add in some other shit to make this taste less like a hobo drink. About your drink? Yeah. That, that about right, sounds kind of. about right. Yeah. It sounds about right. You kind of drink like a hobo. When I can. Back in Chicago. Oh, sure. I mean, in fairness, like... You still drink on the, you still, you you will knock back some cheap shit now from what I can Hell, tell. even more so now than ever, man. 2020 was a rough year. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting bottles of Old Keller. I don't even know what the hell that is. You don't want to know. Is that whiskey? Technically, yes. I can only go so cheap on the whiskey. This one they keep amongst, like, you got to go over to the department of this, of like a CVS where they have the rubbing alcohol. It's next to that. They don't put it with the regular liquor. Ugh. <laughs> no, that ain't true. Uh, if anything, what I rock these days is I go into like a hood-ass liquor store or best of all, a 7-Eleven if you could find one that carries liquor. And they always have a sensational price on a Seagram's Gin Half Pint. 
It'll be like five and change. You say GN? Yeah. Seagrams. Not uh, just like uh just like slap, Apple Baca, same company. Yeah, but I don't drink gin. Why not? You against the Queen? The, the Queen likes gin? The Queen of England, yeah. She's like known for drinking gin. Well, you know I'm part English, so Right, that's what I'm you thinking. Know, you should I, be paying your respects. I would never be against anything that the Queen is about. Sure. But with that said, I fucking hate gin. <laughs> All right. But no, seriously, like no, dude, I can so I had gin one time. <laughs> so basically it was me and um I dated like four girls named Sarah. So you probably the only one that knows which one I'm talking about. Fair enough. So it don't matter. Like it's not like I'm giving away anybody's. All right. So like I was dating this girl and this was like let's say like 10 15 years ago. So it was like, you know, right after high school. Mm-hmm. And um we got really drunk on gin. We got high too. You know, whatever. Um, I was living living in a room in my parents' house, um, just like back home from school or whatever. And she asked me to go get her purse from the living room. I went, and when I came back, I was carrying like the baby car seat. And like to see her face transform from like looking normal to this like really concerned and then like laughing at me motion all at once was really fucked up. Because it's like, while her face was changing, I could tell that I fucked up. For the record, like everybody up there, I don't have any kids, and I didn't then. Like, I had a one-year-old nephew, but it was no reason for me to bring her a car seat when she asked me to bring her her purse from the front room. Yeah. So, literally, that was, like, the night that I drank gin. I got to take her side on this one. Well, the only other memory I have of that night is... um. I was laughing, like, maniacally while she was, like, on top of me choking me. But not, like, sexually anything. It was just, like, choking me. Okay. And, like, I can't say I didn't do nothing wrong because I have no idea what happened. And, like, full disclosure, like, it's no, like, me too type, you know, oh, it's me <laughs> crazy shit. It's like, no, I think I, like, said something she didn't like, you know, or something. So she was literally just, like, beating the crap out of me kind of type thing. And I was just, like laughing through being choked and i'm pretty sure i kind of passed out through it like those are the only memories i have other than feeling like crap in the morning and remembering that i also hate the taste of it oh so like if you give me yeah i just can't like okay see and this is a bad way to, to judge it to be honest so like let me pull back on that a little bit if it's a good bartender and you give me a decent drink they get gin mixed into it i'm not saying i'm gonna turn it down right but if it's the only liquor in it, I'm probably not going to, like, prefer it. I do know that much. Unless you can, like, have it, like, mixed with other things that just kind of kill that taste. Because I'm not really into the gin taste. Sure. Um, I came around to it, to but, be honest with you, but I like it. Yeah, I came around to whiskey. But that's also because I wasn't into it. Like, I, I was a slow drinker. I had to figure things out. But the way the drinking is for me also is, like... If I could learn to sit on it on the rocks, that's when I know I like it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. I can't, I don't, I don't think I'll ever be able to sit on gin on the rocks. I did a fair amount of tequila, young too, but I also like can't drink that no more, only because I had too many like bad hangovers on it. Sure, like I've probably had less than ten bad hangovers in my life just because I can't do bad hangovers. But like my bad hangovers is like I'll be hungover to like. Five in the afternoon, yeah. and I can't do that. You know, it's like, it's the worst feeling in the world. 
you wake up, it's 9 in the morning, you feel like ass. Yep. And then you wake up again, it's like, oh shit, 9.07, still feel like ass. Let me roll over. Uh, it's 9.11, feel like ass, and now I got to throw up. Mm-hmm. You got to do this shit all day. <laughs> you got to do that all day. Right. Fully conscious, because it's really hard to get back to sleep and everything. So it's like, yeah, I try to do stuff that like don't give me bad memories and... Tequila also gives me a bad memory. You know, I don't have any crazy tequila stories, but that's primarily because I always thought it was kind of shady. It always tasted a little bit like gasoline to me, and I was never into it, so I never hit it hard. And everybody has, like, a bad tequila story, so I always just kind of, like, played real light with it. Well, to me, tequila is way better than gin. Oh, you out your damn mind. Not that it's like, ooh. It's not like, yeah, like, that's what I said. I can still, to this day, I can, I can still do a tequila shot. I can't shoot no gin. Not unless I got a bunch of water next to me. Like, I know how sure. to drink, like, if I'm doing a shot of something, I know how to not taste it, but what's the point? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you could, like, hurry up and, like, chase it with something, but if you're trying to avoid what that shit actually tastes like, then you just need to not be drinking it. And if you under twenty two, you should not be drinking. For the record, just trying to guess the audience. Did you say under twenty two? Yeah. They drinking age is twenty one. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't know about introducing um, random drinking age laws <laughs> handed down from us. Unless you waited till you were twenty two, I don't know if that's fair. You know what? Like this is sound a little crazy because you knew me at a certain period. I didn't really drink till I was 22. I had like two or three shots on random occasions. I mean like one shot at a time, random occasions. I did not get into drinking until later. And then you just fucking loved Sure. I'm a Chicagoan. What can you expect? Yeah. I guess for me saying like wait till you're 22, like my formative years were driving all over the Chicagoland area going to shows and... It just ain't worth the risk of getting pulled over or anything, because they will hit you hard. But you act like that's what's going on in Chicago right now. Oh, yeah, I have no idea what's going on. Maybe everybody's driving around to show so they need to stay sober. Also, like, our our seeing kids now, not trying to, like, stereotype, but a lot of them are doing a lot more than just fucking drinking. Like, like, if you want to get them to, like, be safe. What are the rude boys and girls into? Oh, I don't know, man. Don't ask me. X. I just know kids in general. CPG? Some of them, maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> IBM? Maybe some of them. Yeah. Oh, shit. What happened? I don't know if we listen to the right songs. Well, for album of the week, I happen to have listened to Dreams Aren't Real, but these songs are by the Suburban Legends. Yeah, that's right. Volume 1, even though I did not find a volume 2. No, I'm checking right now. Don't is some of the songs are on day job, I think. Well, we could do a follow-up and do volume 2 if there is such a thing. I don't necessarily want to, so the only, <laughs> so the only songs on the other one that I really want to do is Just Can't Wait to Be a King and Under the Sea. But I didn't realize that they not on this one. Yeah, I thought Under the Sea was a notably missing one. Because for me, all right, we should break this down. What the fuck is this album by Suburban Legends? Dreams aren't real, but these songs are. What's the story here? These are all Disney covers. Uh-huh. And um, I'm sure this is 100% sanctioned by Disney because one of the things Suburban Legends did 
We should probably give a band synopsis going on every week from now on. Yeah. One of the suburban legends, like a quick one. One of the things they did while existing, because I do know they broken up. I don't have a good synopsis in front of me right now. Um, they were the Disneyland house band. They're from Los. They're from somewhere Riverside, in California. Yeah, yeah, and um, they were a Disneyland house band for at least a few years, which is a fucking dope ass. That's a dope gig. That's a good gig. Like you should think about how you get that gig. I wish I could. Like, that's what I'm saying. Even if it was running punch, I already told Curtis, all right, y'all can't come to uh, Anaheim, fine. If they needed a house band I could use running punch to do it, guess what? Six months of the year, running punch is the house band there, even if I got to sub people out. Right. Or, like, even if I had to just go with a different name. But that's if it was like, oh, no, we want a sky band. Then, like, yeah, I would just pretend like it's us. We would do the covers they want. If they want our originals, fine. I would do a couple of those, too. But I doubt they would even care about that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, dude, I wish I could set that up. Well, you just got to keep working on it, to be honest with you. Like, first of all, know who are the musicians in it now. Talk to them a little bit. And then figure out who the manager slash booker type person is. Like, this could be real. And I think you could be real good at that. Well, that's just a different thing. They would have to want to bring that idea back with a different band. I mean, the Suburban Lanterns are gone anyway. So not like they could just get them to do it. But right. it would help that they probably wouldn't want a big band. So, I mean, they can't afford a band that's too big. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course not. I don't know how stuff like that works, but from observing it a little bit, I have a guess as to how some of it works. So, for example, there was like an a cappella group that you and I saw a couple of times when we went to uh, Universal Studios here in Los Angeles. You know who I'm talking about? They're right outside Harry Potter World. There's the one dude who sings like the bass, like beatbox part with the red hair like an Irish guy and then like three other randoms Harry Potter world yeah and it was it was the same group you and I saw him at least twice and I don't know if you know this I took my wife to uh, Universal around Christmas time because we had the I had the pass for me and she was she was deep into it because she's a Harry Potter girl she's the right age for that and had never been and it was the same group the same four kids basically acapella even it might have been lips lip synced or whatever but like it was a group it was the same four core people oh and in the robes on stage yeah 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 i know what you're talking about i believe behind the scenes there's some music director who has a vision for like what group should be doing what at what time and he's kind of cast into parts it's like a regular it's like the barry gordy of universal studios they probably got the same person in anaheim for disney so you just got to figure out who that is and start getting to, like, push up on that person. In a way, yeah. yeah. I kind of want to explore that a little bit. I'll, I just got to – I have to see what it involves, what it pays, how involved it is. Because mm-hmm. it's like if it's something where it's like – because I'm also willing to do something part-time like that. If it's like – I'm put it like this. I'm damn near working – I'm damn near willing to work – a side job doing some shit like that and a high and not even moving yet. You know what I mean? If it was like, yeah. hey, we only want you like three days a week, but the, the days were clustered, I would damn near spend the check going back and forth sure. just to not have to move yet. You know, and just to be able to like work on a transition, if anything. Like, I wouldn't even care about going back and forth a fair amount. I mean, honestly, you just got to find out the story a little bit. Like, who who's doing it today? Who's in charge? 
even like you know obviously suburban ledge you could still reach out to them they would probably talk to you because you in ska band but like people like that it's not like they're trying to protect their position just ask them how they got what they were doing they'll probably tell you it's not like they're trying to be there for 20 years yeah they're not even there now and I don't even know why they're not there. Like, who knows? But either way, yeah, they've been gone from there for years. They've yeah. been broken up for years. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a cool idea that they got to do that. And, I mean, they they might even be interested in letting somebody else do it because it's damn near time for that to happen again. Sure. Like, they might as well let a new band cover some of those songs or do new songs because there's been plenty of Disney hits since then. Yes. That's the other thing is, like, wh- why not... Like, Sky is Sky, but, like, if y'all did it before, yeah, do it again. Why not? Let us Sky be. Because Sky sure. is really happy music. Yes. I, I bet Suburban Legends had to be really good in the park. Kids had to love hearing those Disney I'll songs bet. sounding like that. Although, I got one complaint. If I got to be honest with you, this was a pretty good album. So, I'm not a big Disney guy, but I grew up in the era of the VHS Disney tape, and I had a younger sister who was deep into all of that so i seen mary poppins like a thousand times i saw little mermaid ten thousand times um what's the one arabian nights kind of one uh aladdin mm, i seen aladdin. that uh, maybe 600 times um she spun those hard so i know that music and i gotta be honest the little mermaid is dope as hell i do like that one the others not so much as far as the music goes yeah well, you already wrong from the jump there. <laughs> How come? The best movie musical music, without me being partial, you clearly haven't seen a goofy movie. You're a little no. older. Maybe the one to have enjoyed that yourself because I was already on the cusp and you were a little older than me. And that might that wouldn't have been geared to your sister anyway. Like Goofy and Max, you know, those were like the boy characters. And like, yeah. you know, we 80s kids, so some of that stuff kind of stuck. Like your sister just straight up wouldn't have necessarily watched that. Besides yeah. the fact that those were secondary characters. Um, Goofy, you know, his movie coming out, a Goofy movie. Yeah, people liked it, but I think I liked it more than a lot of other people. That's my favorite Disney movie musical. But, but being non-biased the best disney movie musicals i believe especially from like the golden age of movie musicals for disney are probably aladdin and lion king okay i know people who like will probably argue for little mermaid too for uh, in their own way i know people who like songs from the jungle book but like oh man you I don't know. I'm just thinking maybe you need to hear more of those soundtracks then. It could be. I uh, I might underestimate The Lion King because I haven't heard it that much, but I know a bit of it, and it wasn't exactly for me. Like, for me, it goes Little Mermaid, then Aladdin, and then, like, whatever. But that could um, just as well be the bias, right, what I heard growing up. I don't know if Lion King or Aladdin is better, but I'm really shocked in that. I mean, that's t- kind of a tangent. We could go into musicals for a second on the side if we wanted to. But some of that you might have to rediscover and see. That's true, yeah. Because Spotify makes it easy. And I'm telling you, like, I would, uh, I'm really shocked that you put the Little Mermaid soundtrack over either one of those. Because those soundtracks are bomb. And especially even for It Is What It Is, like, subject matter don't always matter. But especially for the subject matter. Not that those um, um, Little Mermaid songs are so deep. 
um, you know, and not that that would matter, but you know what I mean. It's like case in point. It's like if it's a um, female-led R&B song, uh, you're going to bond with that less than one that's coming from a male perspective, just because of just because of who you are. You know what I mean? Not saying you're gonna hate the song, but it's like. When Beyonce's All the Single Ladies comes on, <laughs> that's you see what I mean? It's like, I don't yeah, relate it's like to it. Yeah. Subject matter. That would exactly. never be my subject, favorite song, even if it was a good song. Uh, exactly. Even if you like the way it sounds, it's going to be, it can't break top 200, ever. No. Yeah. Like, ever, just because yeah. of the first five words of the song. Because I never put my hand up. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not, it's not geared towards you. So even if you let it spin in your car... You know, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's still, like, it's it's just not your song necessarily. For sure. It'll never be your number one. It's just, it's already know it won't be, ever, because it's, the words don't matter to you. Right. But by that regard, Little Mermaid shouldn't be the best one. Those are all, like, Ariel's perspective. Or the Ursula. That's why I was, that's why I was saying I'm surprised in that. Well, the, the crab, though, don't forget the crab who sings a couple of things. I like him. Kiss the girl. Yeah. All right, so Kiss the Girl is track three. I got one complaint, and I, w- I was debating if I was even going to bring this up because I kind of do like what they were doing on this album. I do respect the Spurban Legends, and I thought this was an interesting EP they put out. But for Kiss the Girl, I just felt like there was a precedent where you have to bring in either a real Jamaican guy or an African guy who's faking Jamaican and do a little bit of, like, toasting at the beginning. And they dropped the ball on that. I mean, we don't know what their budget was for this album. True. But I also feel like a fair amount amount of Sky and Reggae can be a bunch of white dudes trying to do uh, black accents. So Yeah. I'm not saying all of it, but (laughs) it exists within the genre. Sure. Well, it's, it's like a weirdly uncomfortable part because there's an angle on that where it's really like, gross you know like blackface but at the same time like all ska to be ska you kind of have to have at least a loose connection to 60s jamaica that's just that is the roots of the music and you know it's not like less than jake sounds like you know lauren aiken or something it doesn't but there that's because be... less than jake isn't they aren't doing what i'm talking about those dudes yeah. are they own band yes it's like they they built off the genre. They came in at a certain wave and just jumped in. They yeah. didn't jump in 20 years later as these, like, 18-year-old American kids and be like, okay, how do we drop a Jamaican accent? And, and like, we haven't ever really talked about this, and I've actually never really talked about this with anybody, but that's kind of fucked up. Like, <laughs> Taking Jamaican? <laughs> uh, yeah, like... And I think of Marasta. In in, in in a way, you are right that it's like blackface-ish in a way. And I've never really thought about it, but it's like it's, it's kind of fucked up. There's there's a line there. And I don't want to be the guy who judges on who crossed it or whatever, but it's something that I've always been a little bit sensitive to. In, in truth, there's not a lot of the fake and Jamaican kind of stuff out there, but you'll hear it every once in a while on a track. See, that's what I'm saying, though. The further you go back to it, if you have a connection, I'm fine. If it was like mm-hmm. some random white people doing it in the 70s, and like 
they they were like with those people or grew up around them. Was like y'all in the same band. That's also a little bit different. Sure. But if it's like, oh no, it's two hundred twenty one. You from Ohio, and yeah. you like like and, trying to throw them on the like the six. Like nope. And I, you don't have a clue who Prince Buster is, like, but you still do. They it. might have a clue from like their internet research, but I also just still don't think that's enough anymore. Yeah. And maybe that's just me. Like, I feel like it, it, there will be people out there that's like, oh, no, you crazy. You know authority on this. But, like, at the same time, I am black, and that's my opinion. Yeah, I come <laughs> down in a lot of ways on, on stuff like this. Because let's throw it back even earlier, and let's go back to, like, Roman times. I don't Like, I could go and be, like, very Roman and make all my U's into V's and stuff. And it's so distant, it doesn't fucking matter. I'm not appropriating anything. But the more modern you get, the more it's tied to, like, a real culture and, like, a question of, like, are you actually involved in that? Or I just, I don't know. I never know what to make of stuff like that. Uh, what's your favorite song off of this EP? Probably Kiss the Girl, even though you okay. didn't like it that much. Or, you know what? I'm going to switch that. Probably DuckTales. That was mine. I love the DuckTales theme. And they were pretty faithful. And they hit, because the DuckTales theme has some pretty good horn work in it. There's a lot of minor harmonies that they were true to, that I remember as being a kid and hearing those tunes. And so, uh, much love and respect about DuckTales. Yeah, I probably would go with DuckTales too, because like the horns are really on point in there too. Yeah. And for me, I've seen the Suburban Legends at least probably eight, eight to 12 times maybe at various places over the years. And always two trombones, two trumpets. It was a strong horn section. Always brought it. And that characteristic is something I'm looking for in the songs. And I feel like DuckTales really uh, was horn forward on this album. Yeah, it's for, sure, it's for sure that one for me, too. I like the album. I do like the album, but I feel like uh, the song choices maybe could have been a little better in general. That's probably what held it back a little bit for me. I think this is a really good album to introduce people to Ska that might not know much about Ska because you can just go between these songs and the original and really educate yourself in a way about what Ska is. Anytime you do it with covers, it'll probably make it a little bit easier for you to tell the difference between Ska and really any other form of music because in a way a lot of these songs i mean these are disney covers and and disney music they'll cover different types of music especially depending on what the movie is about and what country they're supposed to be in or what part of what country so the songs will be a little different but you would notice that like that whole album is all like this kind of bright reggae type sound with these like swinging jazzy bass lines and horns kind of raining over it so if you notice those... Heavy Calypso influence. Yeah, if you notice all of that going on between what these original versions of these songs look like, then, yeah, you can kind of tell what Sky is, especially at least Third Wave. But, like, mm-hmm. coming back beyond what Third Wave is, you can move backwards even from there and still be like, okay, at least I know what one of these waves sound like. Because honestly, honestly, moving backwards, going to the beginning of the sky, the very, very roots of it, especially if you aren't 
a ska aficionado already, it's just going to straight up sound like reggae to you anyway. Sure. You know, not saying a fair amount of it can't just, in a way, you know, some people just do call a lot of it reggae the yeah. very, very beginnings of it because it sounds so much like it. They wrong, but, but I understand that. Yeah, no, they are, and I agree with that. Like, in, But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, some of the very, very beginnings, like, anyway, not get, yeah. like not getting there, but, like, that's all I'm saying is, like, if you were to give a um, novice listener of Sky a old, early, late 60s Sky song, they probably will be like, that's just a reggae song. Sure. That's what it would sound that's like there is, yeah. Yeah, but with this, like, like showing them the difference between the third wave or maybe even some two-tone sound and stuff, it'll be like, oh, okay, I get it. Especially if you show them the difference between the song and a cover. Like, mm-hmm. we can't really do the same thing with a lot of the old disguise stuff. Like, they were maybe doing a little bit of covers then, but you know what I mean? It's not like what what's going on now. Right. It's like everything has been covered and covered, like, kind of over again by these, like, newer bands. Now, I got to say, if there's a version of my life where I got trapped in some suburb and had a bunch of kids, and I feel like this would have been a great album because I could have played this for some toddlers. They probably would have been okay with it, but it's still officially a ska band. I would have been setting them on the right track. This is ideal for, like, the dad version of me. I mean, I think it's honestly ideal for anybody that's trying to get people to get into sky at all there's a few other directions yeah. you can go um some of the real big fish covers are pretty cool too but that's the way i believe if you want to like introduce a new person into it if you're a person out there that's trying to get somebody to cross over and like it at all first of all educate educate them about it and one of the easy ways for, to me to show people the differences is literally be like okay this is the regular version of this song and here's how you here's the sky version and after a while, they'll get it after they hear a few different versions. Like, oh, shit. Okay, I get what's going on here. But they also will probably like it, especially if you show yeah. them, like, the right couple covers. Because it's like, the right Sky cover, to me, personally, can be better than the original sometimes. Hands down. Or at least hold up to it. Sure. Or at least hold up to it. Yeah. It's like the energy behind them, you know? The opening and the closer do that. A Dream is a Wish that I think is from Cinderella. And you've got a friend in me, which I don't know what that's from. I thought that was like a Bob Denver song. But it is. Both of those are good, good examples of like a ska version that's kind of better than the original, and will pull more people in. Denver. That's that weird piano playing motherfucker. Bob Denver? No, you're thinking either Liberace or Elton John. Uh, Bob Denver is a guitar player. No, I'm saying that's not Bob Denver, and I'm not talking about. One of those two. It's a different weird motherfucker. Oh, I he got it wrong. Yeah, you got a friend in me is by. Oh shit, it's been Randy covered Newman. a million times. Randy Newman. Yeah, that yeah, I don't know too Randy much Newman. about him or his salad dressing. I didn't know he had it. That's not his salad dressing. I think so. Isn't that the same guy? Is it Newman salad dressing? Is Randy Newman's? I doubt it. I'm checking. Newman's own. Oh, Paul Newman. It's a different Newman. Yeah, I was about to say that's stupid. No. Randy Newman is just this piano playing asshole. He like staying the same style for the most time. He good though. I'm I'm fucking yeah. around being an asshole. He, 
He got okay music, but no, I think he did that whole soundtrack. Oh, the whole thing for, was it Toy Story? I think so. I think he did more than just that song. All right, that's cool. No, yeah, he's a big dude. He's been known for other stuff. Well, no, he, yeah, he's a pretty big deal. And either way, that blew him up. That's for damn sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything Disney blows people up. I'm kind of surprised this came out. Like, I know you said they're the, as you pointed out, the, like, host Disney band or whatever. But in terms of, like, copyrights and all that kind of stuff, it's kind of amazing they were able to do this EP. Yeah, I'm shocked that they did it, too. I wonder how that worked. They must have hurried up and got that shit out. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's cool. I'm glad. I don't think they got sued like Hot Stove Jimmy did. It got to be something about it being a Disney house being that made it work. Yeah, and yeah, And I doubt yeah, that they sure. personally made much money off of it. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of that money, like, and that's how it worked. A lot of the money they got made probably went straight to those organizations. Right. And they probably all got very little each. I'll bet. Yeah, you know? you're probably right. Although that's probably this, the way it worked. As sad as that is, there's still a point to it because you never know. One of these could get picked up in some kind of way and used in something, and they could get paid. And if so, more power to everybody. That's good. I mean, maybe some kind of way it already did. I doubt it because I think after they released this album, most of these movies didn't do a remake. Mm-hmm. And even the ones that did, we probably would have heard about them using the Survivor Legend cover, even if it was just in the soundtrack. But maybe that's what they could hope for. Like, if any of these movies remake, they just kind of throw their cover either in the middle of it or on the soundtrack just somewhere in the credits or something. But I don't know. I think they were more likely just re-recorded with somebody else by the end. Yeah, stuff like that happens. But overall, I did like this EP. I'm glad you picked it. Yeah, it was good. I, I like I said, I kind of did it just to like kind of get some like familiar sound and stuff. Yeah, because some people know these songs. What was your first introduction to Suburban um, Legend? You know what? I don't know. I've been knowing about them for a long time because they've been together since before. To judge, like, you know, that's an old band. It They've is, They've been together yeah. since, I think, the mid-2000s, like, two, I don't know. Um, Somewhere around there, yeah. The um, first time I saw them, they were opening for Big D. I had never heard of them, which was weird. I usually knew the opening bands for Big D. Uh, just out of the blue, they were on a little mini tour with them at the old Bottom Lounge. They were tremendous. Yeah. They played a great set. My favorite song of theirs is this song, Autumn in the Park or some shit. And I don't know if that's my first... Not Dance Like Nobody's Watching? What? I, I feel like that's what a lot of people call out as their favorite Suburban Legend song, Dance Like Nobody's Watching. I don't think it's called that. Well, which album? It's called Autumn in the Park. Um... Hold on. Oh, off Rum Shaker. Yeah, so Rum Shaker. So that's my favorite song of this, but like, I don't know. I'm not sure what my first introduction of them is because I'm not sure if I've seen them live. Oh, really? Do you remember where you saw them with Big D? Yeah, the old bottom line. I may have been at that show, but I don't know. I saw Big D at the bottom lounge around 2004. I don't know. I'm not sure how I I ran into him, but it was around the same time that I uh, first started listening to Scott in general. 
I just, I'm trying to remember if I saw them live or where it would have been. It's possible for me to piece it together. I'm just not completely sure because, especially for my first couple of Big Sky shows, they, um, they came at me real fast. Well, yeah, I mean, there was, like, shows popping off all the time at that era. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you like, have to yeah, decide I where you're going to go in a night. Yeah, I caught the old bottom line. That's what I was about to say. It's like, sometimes you would decide where you wanted to go just off of the, like, dopeness of the venue. Yeah. You know, you might just want a certain atmosphere that night. Like, that's a pretty cool... Man, it's just... I wish I could just see you getting back to being like that. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what comes. I mean, that's a possibility. You know why they call the Roaring Twenties the Roaring Twenties? Apparently because people wanted to go outside after the flu. Yeah, they were just down to party. Like I said, everybody's going to get an STD. It's about to be off in 6 so? to 12 months. Yes. Like every everybody? I mean, not me, but most folks. I was about to say, what the fuck are y'all about to do over there, man? It's like, <laughs> like, don't try to get one. Like, I'm not questioning lifestyles, but. Right. It's like Pokemon. Try not to get one, motherfuckers. Like, I'm still hoping not to get gotta one. Gotta catch them all. No, man, gotta catch them none. <laughs> exactly. No, but I think you and me might end up on stage this year. Who knows? It's Maybe. only February. It is decent, though. It is decent. Do you remember the uh, we when we played with uh, Amanda? No, Ashley. She was in like a AOL relationship with one of the dudes. Well, what dude? From Suburban Legends, the bass player. <coughs> I I'll probably no cut idea. this out. Oh yeah. <coughs> I don't think you have to cut it out, but. <laughs> She is not listening to this shit, and he not either. And actually, I wish he would hear it. I wish they both would. I wish he would hear about it. It's like, hey, dude, some random podcast that's about Scott mentioned you dating <laughs> a girl 13 years ago. Is it true? She might have been 17 while you were 19. Maybe we could flip this on you. No, nah, I'm pretty sure she was legal the whole time. Uh, I don't think yeah. she's a... Stick to your story. Dude, no, she was around my age. That's true. I never ended up around her until I was Do you remember when her boyfriend started throwing up at that diner on Addison? <laughs> yeah, dude. It was a... Um, golden Nugget, maybe? It was a Golden Nugget. Because <laughs> I hate Golden Nuggets. Like, yeah, yeah, I me mean, too. they okay. Right. But I don't think they that good. They whack. I agree. This motherfucker put his face down on the table, and all of a sudden it was just a pool of vomit around his face. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Man, what the fuck? I think that was his first time drinking. And I'm saying that like kind of as a joke, but sort of. Sure. That might have been one of his first, like, five times drinking. Dude, Dave McWayne had one of the best disses on stage I ever heard. Somebody was being a little rowdy at a Big D show, and he not, he didn't stop the show, but in between songs, he singled the guy out. He's like, look, I think it's great that you decided to get drunk for the first time here tonight, but we're just trying to do our set. That is pretty good. 
Yeah, his delivery was on point. I wonder how many times has he gotten to use that line. That's a good question. We could ask if we ever interview him. When you when you go to a bunch of different cities, that's what I would do. If it was me, oh, sure. I would save it for whenever the next person is being an asshole. I'm like, yeah, you don't use it every right. every time, but I would use it a lot. Yeah. A good band and a good front man, you were like 15% a stand-up comedian. In the sense that you got to own the room, you got to have some jokes, you got to be able to work a crowd. And it's the same skill set. But what, all right, so you're getting, you got stage one of your vaccine. You're a couple weeks out from getting stage two. Yes. What about the rest yes. of the members of Run and Punch? When are we going to see one of Chicago's great ska bands retake a stage? Never. Never, ever, ever? No, so herd immunity is probably the answer for a Run and Punch. Yeah. That's when you see that being on the stage again. We will. So we did finish recording a song last week, and we are going to start releasing music. Oh, what did you record? Slowly. It's a song called Concierge Marie. All right. Don't know it. It's cool, actually. I think you're going to like it. I um The drummer actually wrote the music to it. It's pretty cool. And Ann wrote the words. So this is the first Running Punch song that literally has nothing to do with me or Curtis. Oh, wow. In a way. Like, it still it sounds like a us song, though. Cause it's the, still a Running Punch song. It still sounds like a us song. Yeah, that's why I like well, why I kept it. That sounds weird, but that's part of the reason why it got pushed through so fast because it's good music and it was a good right. song. So we recorded, it, and even when you hear it, it'll be like, "Yeah, I get what you're saying." Like you'll get what I'm saying when you hear it. It works really. Good. I'm looking forward to it, man. We should preview it on this show. Yeah, it'll be out really soon. The second it come out, I'll send it your way. Oh, speaking of which, I recently showed the video. That Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder did for Ebony and Ivory to Linda. She didn't know about Ebony and Ivory. I I said some reference to it and she watched it. <laughs> Her feedback was like, if this came out today, I would think they were in a relationship. They could have been. <laughs> they still, still could have been. been. Do you even know what I'm talking about? Do you remember that? Yeah, nigga. I think it came out a few years before I was born, but I remember it. Damn, are you older than that song? You might be. That's a stupid-ass song. It really is. It's kind of a shame they took two great artists like that, because I respect both those people independently. You never hear that song No, anymore. you shouldn't. It's terrible. It repeats itself, and the verse is the same thing as the chorus one time. It's fucked up. It came out in 1982. was recorded in 1981. Oh, it is an old song. That song is 40 years old this year. Yeah, so it's older than me. I thought so, but I do know about it. You know what else is fucked up? I thought it was Michael in that song originally, because Paul did something with Michael, too. I guess he was trying to prove a point for a minute. It's all about proving points. All of this shit. Thanks for tuning in to Six Wings Fried Hard. Our theme song is New Orleans Funeral by Run and Punch. 